I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility podcast. We're at an exciting time in the mobility sector, with new technology causing us to continually question the way that we move both goods and people. My job is to talk to the individuals leading this revolution, and to investigate the challenges and opportunities we face as we develop safer and more sustainable mobility. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating. Today's episode is a bit different. Rather than holding an interview with one specific individual, this episode draws on snippets from several conversations I've had, all centered around one topic, innovation. You'll hear from Chris Brony-Bird, Phil Gott, Brian Van Batavia, and Chris Colland, all sharing their thoughts about a different aspect of innovation. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I certainly enjoyed pulling it together. But either way, I'd love to get feedback to help determine whether this is a format I further explore. To start, we'll have Chris Baroni bird sharing his thoughts on the importance of the intersection between design and technology. I guess my, my career, you know, I, my PhD was in physical chemistry. Um, and my first job when I was at Chrysler was to really to understand what was going on in the national labs um, mm-hmm. and understand because fuel cells were beginning to be quite important in the early 90s in, in America. So my first job was really around taking my scientific training and, and using it to assess research going on in the national labs. I took that, I took that um, responsibility and uh, when fuel cells started becoming more important, I became, um, it, it, I became the lead, I guess you call it lead engineer on the fuel cell vehicle. So I transitioned from being a technical expert to learning more about uh, managing a vehicle program that uses that technology. And then um, the next level of evolution in my career was when I started thinking about, well, I'm putting the technology into an existing vehicle that was designed for an IC engine. What if I was to design a vehicle completely around this technology? How would the vehicle look different if I, if I could design it purely with the fuel cell in mind rather than shoehorning it into an IC engine vehicle? And that got me thinking around this interface between design and technology and how you know, engineering tends to be, or science tends to be very um, you know, technically focused and I thought there was a lot of innovation at the intersection between design and technology. So when you think about a car, people, a lot of people buy a car because of the way it looks. It sounds a bit shallow, but styling yeah. is important. And styling, believe it or not, is enabled by technology. You know, whether it's the way that you form the metal or whether it's the way you, you do lighting systems inside the vehicle or things you can do to improve the, um, the interior spaciousness of the vehicle by reducing space of, of, of content. All of these things affect styling and the design experience. And that, so my horizons began to expand over the course of my career from a purely technical focus to a vehicle technical focus to a design and, 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 and technology and vehicle focus. And I think it, it was a natural evolution, it's, or it seemed to me at the time to be a natural evolution. Um, so when I look back, what, what I'm doing now has nothing to do with uh, physical chemistry, really, but it's been a natural evolution. I think most people find that natural evolution in their life if they are curious about learning new things. Hmm. And I'm, I'm very interested in the in, um, innovation, and I, I just think that um, the way that some people think about innovation is very narrow. They think of it purely in terms of the techn- technology and technical thinking, 
And I, yeah. I was thinking about it much more broadly at the intersection of design and, and uh, engineering. Now we'll shift to Phil Gott on the importance of innovators avoiding the impulse to reject new technology and trends simply because they don't match their existing worldview. We all take comfort in the conventional. And when we are threatened, what do we want to do most? We want to gain comfort. And so we embrace more firmly the conventional. And that's actually, in the business world, uh, one of the most suicidal things you can do. Uh, and so this book goes through the process of, uh, by experience, starting with Henry Ford, um, interestingly enough, uh, the old cliche of he hung on to the Model T too long. Uh, and it was almost the end of Ford Motor Company uh, when he switched over to the Model A. Fortunately, the Model A was a hit. But um, uh, it starts out with that, and it talks about why people uh, are so reluctant to change, why they deny uh, the facts before them. Um, it, it had One of the things that caused me to really reach out for that, uh, a book like that, was... Um, I was trying to um, uh, gain interest in a multi-client study that we were proposing to do at the time uh, when I was at IHS um, about the, the future of mobility, the future of the car, if you will. And um, I was talking to a very senior executive at one of the very largest oil companies. And uh, I was talking to him about what the numbers were telling us about the number of licensed drivers per capita in certain age groups and how it was declining and that this was not a good thing in terms of demand for uh, oil or gasoline or diesel. And his response was, well, the numbers are all there. The people are all there. They're just not being captured because a lot more cars are being driven by people who don't have licenses because of the uh, unregistered, undocumented aliens living in this country. Uh, but the, the trends are not there. And he had a perfect out at the time uh, in terms of other things that were going on. Um, well, the initial forecasts that we ultimately made in that were true. Uh, and I said, how can someone in such a powerful position, such an important position in one of the largest companies in the world, take that position and survive? And it's because it was a position of comfort. It, ex it explained away the future threat. We don't need to worry about it. And it made everyone else around him comfortable too. Mm -hmm. Here's Brian Van Batavia on the way he's thought about innovation while making career choices. The thought process he shares is interesting to me from the perspective of the early career individual thinking about how they want to spend their time and effort, and also from the perspective of the employer who might be trying to attract and retain engineers who want to be on the cutting edge of future technology. I was, I was fortunate to be, be a part of some really great companies uh, in the past you know, 20 some years, um, except you know, some of those companies were, were embracing electric vehicles or electric powertrains and some were not. And so when I felt like, you know, they weren't embracing it to the degree that I thought was necessary or, 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 you know, or I, I, I wasn't growing as like an individual with experience in that field, mm -hmm. I had to make kind of the tough decision to leave a company that I actually loved a few times. E each time there, there was people and, and, organizations that I, that, you know, were paying me well and, and were, were paying me well to do a job that I liked doing. 
but at some point, you know, I, I would, I would become sort of realizing the fact that maybe, you know, longer term, I wasn't going to grow to the potential level that I wanted to at that company. And so I would have to make a change to kind of continue my growth sort of in, in knowledge and in depth of, of experience for, for basically electric powertrains. To close, here's Chris Colland on two powerful behavioral traits that can be invaluable for individuals who want to push boundaries and do incredible things. They'll always use the word unconventional because I've achieved everything in a, in a relatively unconventional way, but I think they'd say that I'm also extremely aggressive from a, a, I won't take no. I know we can't break the laws of physics, but I'm never happy if we haven't got close to the edge and I'm never happy if we haven't pushed as hard as we possibly can. So, you know, I think um, when people tell me it can't be done, then I'll try and find a way to, to make it happen. If somebody, you know, if somebody sets a bar high, then I want to jump higher. Um, and I think in, in the world of advanced and the world of high performance powertrains, that's, that's probably a decent couple of traits to have um, because just following the way that everybody's done it before won't work. Um, and you need to be the one that's, that's going to set the, um, you know, try and set the bar even higher. I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility podcast. 